Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Wern. I'm not stressed at all. How are you, Mum? Well, I'm feeling okay, Dolly. I've been out for lunch. I'm having a bit of a staycation and I've been out for dinner every night since Friday and lunch. Where did you go today? Abbeville Road, New Ground. Had a grain bowl. Surprised everyone. Eating quinoa and kale with turmeric hummus. And it was very tasty and very nice. Should I tell you why I'm a bit stressed? Is it because you've got a new album out, a new book out, you're doing 88 podcasts and 20,000 interviews? Could that be it? Oh, and you're pregnant. Oh, and I just started uh, a kitchen renovation too today. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a lot. Dolly, you're not actually doing the building work. Oh, oh yeah, so sue me. I'm 30 bloody seven weeks pregnant. Yeah, yeah but I'm not, I'm not, start... not seeing you with a pickaxe. I haven't seen you bloody lift the chair to get... Sam bought it. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully this guest will put us in a better mood. Well, put me in a better mood. Oh, she's put... Do you know, I watched it again last night, a few little Shits Creek, and I miss Alexis so much. She's just the most perfect character. In fact, I wonder if our guest, Annie Murphy, misses Alexis too, because she was so fabulous. Alice, how do you say ooh? Oh, I've got the perfect person right here, Manon. Oh my God, we have Manon, producer Alice's daughter, waiting the wings to just give flex, a quick ooh. Get, flex her ooh. She doesn't do ooh. She do, how does she do it? What does she do? Ew, David. Are you, David. Ooh, David. That was very good, Manon. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we have Annie Murphy coming up on Table Manners. You know, we gave you Dan Levy, and now. We're giving you Annie Murphy. A.K.A. Alexis Rose. Annie Murphy's in a new series. What's it called? Kevin can go and F expletive, expletive, expletive himself. Mum came in and went, Kevin can go and fuck himself. And I went, what? Who's Kevin? We all know how much... We love Shit's Creek. It got me through lockdown. And particularly Alexis Rose's character. Alexis is perfect. All the little bits that... Annie Murphy added to Alexis with the nose touch, with the pointed finger, with the ill David, and um, and she, just you know she nearly quit acting before she got that part. She hadn't had a part for ages. Her house had burnt down. Yeah, and she thought this is it. I'm giving up. And then she got Alexis Rose. But I feel like that's quite a similar story for many of the people in that series. They were kind of all people that maybe thought that they weren't. A bit fed up with they it were a bit all. fed up with it all exactly 
Um, really excited about speaking to Annie Murphy. Me too. Can't wait. Your glasses are filthy, darling. Sorry. Anyway, uh, Annie Murphy coming up on Table Manners. Murphy looking absolutely gorgeous is zooming in from New York. Thank you for being here. We are so excited to so chat. So excited. Well, thank you for having me, ladies. Well, we just love Shit's Creek got me through the whole of lockdown, I can just tell you. And I've started to rewatch it again because it was too good, the first one. And I just loved it so much. And you were. I don't want to say this because I do love Dan Levy, but I think Alexis was everyone's favourite character, really. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't well, you th- think, Jess? Well, I mean, look, I, I feel like you said nearly the same thing to Dan Levy when he was on the podcast, yeah, but like, but, we, we'll but forget Alexis about that. Alexis kind of, it was a combination of her innocence and yet her lack of, kind of lacking streetwise, but streetwise at the same time and kind of, an ingenue really in a way to the world and what the world could offer and all the possibilities away from the trappings of wealth and it was so lovely what a poetic How description yeah, I know that was rather poetic. was it thank you yeah. I just thought it was gorgeous we just loved you <laughs> you just said more about Alexis Rose than you did at my wedding <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough about us. How are you? You've got something new to promote. Wow. I do. I'm in New York. Look, I'm overlooking Central Park, feeling very fancy right now. Um, I'm here to promote a show. Are we, question, are we allowed to have yeah, a yeah, swear yeah. on? Okay, good. Yeah. So my new yes. show is called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It's on AMC. It's a, it's a very dark comedy about... So you know the the sitcom husband that we've grown used to over the years, the kind of schlubby, beer-drinking, yeah. sports-loving doofus? Yeah. It's not about him for once. It's about his wife that we don't we we know we know that she's there we know that she you know serves sandwiches and she kind of provides the setup for a joke or is the butt of a joke but we have never really gotten to know her in the past um so this show follows the sitcom wife and what's really exciting about it is that when when we're with kevin we're in full sitcom mode so it's it's bright set canned laughter terrible corny jokes and then when we follow Allison out of the room, the show turns to a really gritty, really dark single Yeah, game. I watched the trailer. Yeah, so it's, it's really fun to kind of see how the, this woman who doesn't get to say much really has a lot going on inside and has kind of harbored and pushed down years and years and years of anger and frustration and sadness. And so we kind of follow her on that uh journey that may or may not lead to a murder plot against her husband yeah Yeah. so so there's kind of i mean this is me being really annoying and like every journalist you've probably spoken to like is there a little bit of desperate housewives in there is there a little bit of them what's the one that elizabeth olsen's in one division one division and then there's also that one uh well the truman show is it kind of all these kind of am i in the right ballpark here or is it completely out of this world completely different you're in the right ballpark although with this show you quickly learn that there's no like there's no magic involved there it's just kevin's world is the sitcom world 
and that's where he exists and Allison's world is the single camp. So it's not, I'm not playing an actress on the show. Um, so we just kind of have to suspend our, our disbelief a little bit and just accept that my world is single cam, his world is multicam. Interesting. So you're not like Alexis and you're not like Alison. What are you like? Tell us about where you grew up. I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. To, I'm an only kid. Both of my parents started out as teachers, so not at all in the, in the entertainment industry. My first part was um, Hyena Number no. 2 in a, in a well-known and well-beloved play called Green Cheese Pie, written by my grade two teacher. <laughs> so that's where I really got a taste, a taste for the stage. And I, I went to an amazing high school that had an amazing uh, drama program. And so I was in, I was like a theater nerd growing up and then went to theater school for university and it went from there. But before it went from there, it went a bit shit. Oh, it went real shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like house burning yeah. down. House burning down. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a real bleak stretch of time where, yes, my house did burn down. I hadn't booked a part in I would say over two years, if I if I do the correct math, I'd say over two years. I'd come so close. Um, it, it seemed to always be down to me and one other girl, and then I would be never be the girl who got the exciting phone call. I had very little money, and I think that there there was just so much excitement and then let down that I just hit a point where I it was such an emotional roller coaster that I. Um, proclaimed loudly and snottily to the universe one day that I I was going to change career paths to what I don't know because acting really was the only thing I felt that I was any good at. But then it was the next day that I got an email in my inbox uh, asking me to audition for Alexis Rose on Schitt's Creek. And when you went to that audition... I guess maybe was it because you felt slightly resolute that you were quitting? So you were like, oh, fuck it. I'll just give it a go. I don't really... Do you feel like maybe something changed in that, in the way that you presented yourself in the audition? Or did you go in there being like, last chance saloon, let's bloody do this? I think it was a bit of both. I think there was a bit of like, fuck it. What? Yeah, why not? Like, what could... <laughs> not what could possibly go wrong? Because I was always thinking like, oh, everything's going to go wrong. But I also saw on the breakdown that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara were, were already attached to do the show. And mm. they, since I was a little kid, were two of my, my comedy icons. And I knew the show was going to be wonderful because everything they do turns to gold. So I knew the show was going to be great. And it was a rare occasion where I read the sides, that they, the script that they gave us for the audition. And I felt like, okay, I can do this. Like, I, I, I can picture myself doing this. This feels comfortable. It feels in my wheelhouse. And that never happens for me during an audition. I always feel like I'm forcing myself into the role. Um, but that wasn't the case with this one. So I practiced and practiced and practiced. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll meet Eugene Levy. Like, maybe I'll go in and I'll do a decent audition and I'll meet Eugene Levy and what a what an experience that would be and I went in and I was all prepared and it was Dan Levy sitting there not Eugene bit disappointed <laughs> so disappointed <laughs> wouldn't you be 
Come on. Well, not now we wouldn't. Even though he looks the spitting <laughs> oh, image of him. Oh, two of the most handsome gentlemen you oh, gorgeous. would care to meet. Yeah. And Eugene, I think as like Eugene's about to turn 75. Let's keep that in no, mind. He's so handsome. He is so handsome and gets more and more handsome as time yeah. passes. Great eyebrows. Great eyebrows. Yeah. Beautiful skin, thick hair, yeah. dapper clothing. Just a real prince of a man. So yeah, so I went in and I auditioned for Alexis in front of Dan. And then I got a call from Dan a couple of days later saying that he wanted to see me uh, read for the role of Stevie as well. I know, I know it's not a popular, that it's, that's not gonna go over well for many listeners and it worked out the way that it should. Like no one could have done Stevie but Emily Hampshire. Um, but I did end up not only auditioning for Stevie but screen testing for both Stevie and Alexis. Have I, am I going mad or am I just, and I'm not a stalker, I promise you, but I've, have I seen some footage of your audition at the very beginning? Was it? It was in, yeah. it was was in it the behind in the, the scenes, oh, the, the thing you watch when you finish Schitt's Creek oh, and you right. need to so have your film. Oh, right, so the behind the scenes. I thought I was going mad. No, no, no. They, they put in a little clip of, I think, most of our auditions, I think. Hmm. Most of the auditions. Yeah. yeah. And did you have to do a chemistry thing with Dan? Yeah, I did actually. It wasn't it wasn't officially called that, but he was he was doing all the reading and the auditions, and uh, it was just bizarre with him. I I had never met him before, but kind of right out of the gates, we had that sibling bantery, like needling at each other. We knew exactly which buttons to push, and it just felt. Like I'd known him, like we'd been an old, like crotchety married couple before or something like that. Like we just had this really bizarre, wonderful chemistry. So yeah, it just, it just felt right. And I felt, I walked out of that audition and my, my screen test being like, you know, I have no regrets. And I've never say that coming out of an audition, but it felt good and I felt confident and I felt like I did everything that I wanted to do. Um, so are you part of the Rose family now, forever? I know. How lucky am I? Or the Levy family? The Levy, the Levy family, too. I, I will invite myself over to their house for dinner until the day I die, um, whether they like it or not. I feel like we've all... It was such... It's so... I feel corny talking about it because just everyone was truly lovely and these incredible friendships were formed. And that's what kind of kept me sane when we wrapped was knowing that I would only be saying goodbye to the characters and that the, the people playing these characters were going to stick around for a long time. So, yeah. Do you miss Alexis? I do miss Alexis. I really do. The, um, the kind of unabashed confidence <laughs> that comes along with her is something that was really fun to play. And I tried to take like one sixteenth of that with me. Um, when we wrapped and I've been doing a semi-successful job of it, but, uh, but no. And of course the, the clothes, oh, the clothes and the something else. Makeup. Yeah. Ugh. It was the, and now, especially now compared to I Kevin Buck himself, where I'm a very dowdy, very unfashionable woman. So I do, I do longingly and wistfully think about Alexis from time to time. Um, Annie, growing up in Ottawa, what was round the dinner table? You were an only child. Did you get exactly what you wanted for din-dins or were you an easy child? I think I was a 
pretty easy kid. Although I mm-hmm. was a, a bit of a little shit for a while when it came, like I didn't like tomatoes for a long time. That kind of thing. I've come around. Mm-hmm. I've come around. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, I, I was read to all the time as a kid. There were lots and lots of books in the house always. Um, my dad is a big film buff. So we watch, you know, we watched like, I have such fun memories of watching Faulty Towers over and over and over and Columbo over and over and over. And, um, you know, all the, all the classics I watched and I feel really lucky about that. And what did you eat? What did I, this is, this is a really good question. And this is also why it kind of panics me to be an only child a lot of the time is that I have a really shitty memory and I don't, I don't really have, I don't have a person to, I guess my mom could fill me in, but I don't have a person to share those memories with, which is a little bit panic inducing. I ate, I, I mean, it was a very meat and potatoes family. Like my dad is mm-hmm. from very Irish stock. So is very meat and potatoes. Um, we would do stir fries. We would do spaghetti. We would do um, mom's contraption, which my mom actually, it was actually mom's concoction, but I didn't pick up on that too quickly. So mom's contraption, which was just a can (laughs) of some some kind of canned spaghetti that she added ground beef to and then grated cheese on top. Oh, so like a kind of a whizzy spag bol. You could call it that. Yeah. Did you like it? Well, apparently yes, because I, I just started salivating when I was talking to you about it. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound so gourmet or delicious, but um, you know, my taste, my too, my spit glands them. aren't lying. Um, and and uh, so, would you say your mom's a good cook? I would say my mom is a good cook. I would say my dad is a better cook. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, but I think my dad, like my mom, my mom is very much like a rule follower and she's very kind of type A and likes things just so. And so we'll follow a recipe kind of exactly as it, as it guides you to do. My dad is a little bit more like, let's make a recipe up. Like let's make some shit up. Are they still living? They're still living in Ottawa? Yes. And where do you live? I'm in Toronto. Oh, so you live in Toronto. Oh, you're proper Canadian then. But Canadians are very proud. I mean, yeah. maybe uh, because can, Look, Canada, I've got Justin Trudeau. You'd be proud. But Canada's a great place and Toronto is an amazing city. So why would you go? Why would you go? Yeah. I've, so when I'm not doing a podcast with my dear mother, I'm a singer and I have some of my best gigs in um, Toronto. Oh, where At the Danforth. Yes. Oh, such a thing. Yes. And actually, you've got a T-shirt on the Dropkick Murphys. My mate manages them. Really? Or is it their agent? No, he's their agent. Yeah. And um, and I, I wondered whether you had it because you're a fan of them or just because your yeah. surname's Murphy. Listen, I... Yes, the second. The second one. I, Fair enough. I was in a thrift store. I found this very well-broken-in shirt with my surname on it, and it was $4. So a girl can't pass up an opportunity like that. No, you can't. They're supposed to be very, very good lives, so maybe you should see them live. I imagine, especially like really rip-roaring drunk um, around St. Patrick's Day or something like that. I feel like that's kind of the- Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so are you a good cook, Annie Murphy? Oh man, 
you're asking some really hard hitting questions here. I <laughs> I know. I am I am not a, a good cook, but I don't think it's because I'm a bad cook. I think it's just because I haven't challenged myself. I'm very lazy, especially when it comes to to cooking. Um, and there are so many delicious restaurants that I'm trying to support in Toronto. I'm trying to be very, you know, very uh, Mother yeah, Teresa. I absolutely understand that. Yeah. That's I'm, a great answer. I'm doing my part yeah. for my community by ordering whatever the hell I want <laughs> um, at any time of day. So what are the um, what are the places that you absolutely love in Toronto that everyone should go to? Oh, okay. There's a place called Mother India. If you guys are into Indian food, it yeah. they serve their curries in a roti, but it's not the kind of Caribbean roti, it's an Indian roti, so it's very thin, it's like a very, very thin, chewy naan bread. Um, and it is, if you order spicy, if you're a white person going in and you order spicy, they say, no, you absolutely cannot have that. Um, you will take medium or mild. And they're right, they're right. They've, they, <laughs> they've made the right decision for you. Um, well, there's another great Indian place called Banjara. I'm a big Indian food gal. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, Libretto's Pizza. If if you like a nice kind of artisanal, throw it in the the wood oven for 90 seconds, comes out all bubbly and and gooey, and that's a that's a great one. What are you guys into? Well, I, I I'm everything, but <laughs> I I'm I'm interested because actually. Because um, the curry, you know, we've had a lot of people on. We had a a singer on um, recently who basically says, I mean, I know this, but LA is not known for its curry. It's terrible, but it's really bad. London is very good for curry. You know, Birmingham's great for curry. Have you been to London for a curry yet? I have been to London for a curry. And did it did it satisfy? So much, so much. And I'm trying to remember the name of the place. Where were you? Uh, it was a bit of a trek, and it was in kind of like an old cottagey space. There was a fireplace, like it was very cozy and, and, mm. and warm and lovely and like kind of wood paneling. Which which seems much more pubby than it does. Sounds fancy. Yeah. yeah, it sounds. Was it in central London? No, no. Okay, I'm gonna sounds... I'm gonna look this up and and report back because it is a lovely um a lovely atmosphere to gobble down curry have you spent a lot of time in london i haven't spent much time in london and i really i've been to london three times i guess um probably for a week at a time um but it's it's a place that i would really really like to spend a whole lot more time and and then do trips all, like i just I can't imagine living in the UK, in Europe, and just being able to hop on a plane on the weekend and end up in Paris for a Go couple to of Paris, yeah. Just that, that opportunity to travel is so wonderful. Do you guys take advantage of, of that? Well, we did. Yeah, yeah, sorry to bring <laughs> no, up the past. Yeah, no, it's heartbreaking. We did, and I've got a little house in Greece, oh. and I would have been there already by now, and we would have gone maybe... Yeah, we, I would go away for a weekend to Paris or you'd go away for a weekend in Italy. We've been to most of the European yeah. countries, haven't we? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. It's not to be able to travel. So uh, where is the place that you would, uh, once all this lockdown business is finished, 
the first food destination that you will be going to outside of Toronto or Canada? There's a fondue restaurant in Paris that I dream about several times a week. Um, again, the name is very much escaping me. However, it's cozy and dark and narrow and the walls are covered with graffiti and currency from all over the world. And there are long, long, long um, tables on each side of the restaurant and you have to climb over the table to get to the bench on the other side. And because of this, wine glasses were constantly being spilled everywhere. And so they now serve their wine in baby bottles. Um, oh my gosh. So, so you go in with friends and, and get to watch each other suckle um, alcohol from a rubber nipple. I don't, now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't know if they'll continue doing that uh, post-COVID because it all does seem very uh, non-hygienic. Sounds a bit fetishist to me. It's very funny. Yeah. A cheesy sauce and a and a baby milky bottle. Oh, Ooh. Jesus. Right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, gross. Right, right. No, I'm quite intrigued by this. It's not chic. It's not very Paris chic, it's is not, it? I quite like that. quite the opposite of Paris chic. Um, but that, it's, that is a place that I would definitely like to go back to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now, Annie, I want to know whether there were any kind of memorable meals around that Shit's Creek time. Did you eat well? We ate so darn well on that show. Because one Eugene Levy has a, a a real zest for the finer things in life, especially food. And that man enjoys a meal unlike anyone I've ever met. He just, just gets so much pleasure out of every little bite. Always orders dessert, which I had never done before. But now, you know, if you're out with the levees, you're having like a full hour long dessert session Mm -hmm. of the meal. Um, We had, we had, and Eugene, of course, ever the gentleman always treats. And so we had some incredible meals in New York. I remember when we first started the show and and just being so overwhelmed by the fact I got to take a business trip to New York City. Is that where you shot Shit's Creek? No, but we would do press we would do press here every year. 
Okay, so where did you shoot Shit's Creek? We shot in Toronto. Oh, in Toronto. Yeah. Does Cafe Tropical exist then? It exists, but only as a facade. So we shot all of the interior in a studio. And then for the exterior stuff, we went to to this town. <laughs> not It's not quite Shit's Creek level of hilarity, um, but it, it is called Goodwood, Ontario. Um, and so Goodwood is basically an intersection. And so on three of the four corners, there's Bob's Garage, Cafe Tropical, and the Apothecary. But just, again, as exteriors. And the inside of Cafe Tropical is actually a, a man's home. Um, which And so, you know, if you walked into the cafe, you would be walking into this man's house. And oh. his house was full of bizarre like arcade game it was very much a man cave like very 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 deeply a man cave and he would often be there kind of grumpily sitting in like a race car and playing his video games and then like gradually looking at you as if you were intruding i guess we were intruding but he also so um so yeah so that's that's the secret revealed behind cafe tropical um now, Annie, we ask everybody what their last supper would be, a desert island meal, um, where you're about to go off to a desert island, so you are allowed your favourite meal with a starter, a main, a dessert, and a drink of choice. What would you have? This is a this is a really rude question. Yeah. Do many people get upset about it? Or am I the first person to get upset about it? Oh, oh, you're saying this is a rude question. I thought you were going to give me a rude question, but you think our question I'm is I'm telling rude. you this is an incredibly rude question. It's so difficult. Okay, I think... <laughs> no one's got offended yet, but I like Sorry. this. Okay, I think I would start out with a French onion soup. Mm. Ooh. Where from? Who by? I would like to hold on that answer okay. I'm, I, I don't want to answer incorrectly um, then I think I would have see these things don't complement each other it's okay it doesn't matter it doesn't, matter. doesn't matter you can have a whole day of food okay okay I think I would do Indian food I think I would have like a couple of very delicious curries and then for dessert I I'm not a big dessert lady, but I might have like a really perfectly baked brownie where the top is very crisp. Like it's like a good crunchy top and a very, very moist, gooey gooey interior. Would you have it a la mode or just just by itself? or, Or I might do like just strawberries and whipped cream. That's a very, very fitting choice because Wimbledon is coming up and yeah. that's what they have. Great. All the time. But they have it with pouring cream, but it's a great combination. Um, I wanted to know whether there is a really, like, nostalgic scent of food that pulls you back to a certain place. Could be from your childhood, could be from a romantic dinner, could be from a heartbroken takeaway, I don't know. Um... I think the smell, I mean, the smell of bacon mixed with the smell of coffee in the morning is always a bit of a time traveling smell. And I think it's not a specific memory, but it does, it does bring us like a, a very nostalgic feeling of kind of safety because, you know, it's like 
the grown-ups are down there making breakfast and you're going to be taken care of and you're about to have a really delicious meal. You know, my it would be a smell at my grandparents' house. It would be a smell at my parents' house. It would be a smell at friends' houses. So it's just kind of a, a mm. nice, safe, comforting smell, I think. Have you been to Ireland? And have you ever, do you like Guinness? Oh, yes. But I, I actually had never had a Guinness. And I kind of, I was doing like a, sno a snobby intentional thing. Like, I want my first Guinness to be in Ireland. And it was. And, oh. And um, it was perfect. Because I'm usually, I, I love a good IPA. Um, and, but this was like a perfectly delicious, it was in a, in a pub on a rainy day in Ireland. So it was like the best. It's always raining. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it was, it couldn't have, couldn't have tasted better. Uh, you didn't give us your drink of choice for your last supper. Would it be a beer or would you go wine? I think it would be an IPA. Like a nice God, citrusy. I've never heard anyone say that. Oh, mum, stop being I so I don't sexist. think there's Get been a the boy time. that said that either. <laughs> no, we haven't, not on the podcast. Oh. You're the first on IPA. I don't think she... Well, no, maybe she's the first on IPA, but yeah, yeah. go on, tell us, because I don't really... Uh, I don't know anything about I know anything beer. About I wouldn't beer. know an IPA from a, a PA. A UFO, <laughs> IPA, I don't know. Anyway. Well, an IPA is, is um, it's very hoppy. Um, it's, it's oftentimes quite citrusy. I think the alcohol content is quite high compared to other beers. Is it the same as a pale ale? No, absolutely oh. not. No, no, no. No, no, no. And I'm not a pale ale. It's darker, I think. It's more treacly. I feel like you should do a beer brand. You've got the surname Murphy's. for it. But there already is a Murphy's, unfortunately. There is a Murphy's beer, darling. Well, fine. We'll think of something else. There's no Annie Murphy. That's true. Guys, this is... I think yeah. we're going places with this. Honestly, I think that you should bloody do it. An IPA. Are there big breweries in Canada, in Ottawa? There are. There's one in particular called Collective Arts that one of my very best friends works at. And they're very... What I really appreciate about them is that they make all kinds of very delicious beer, but they also put this beautiful artwork on the cans. And so they they are able to showcase artists from all across, I think, mm. oh, the world and not just Canada, but they, they showcase up and coming artists on their cans, which I think is a very lovely. How gorgeous. Thing to do. And who got you into beers? I think it was very much a, like my dad thing. Um, there is a photo of me at a very, at an alarmingly young age, perhaps like six months old or something where my dad's holding me and I, and like, I'm pretty sure it's a staged photo, but don't quote me on that is like giving me a nice little sip of beer. So I got latched on early. I got <laughs> latched on early. Now, um, table manners. Have you got good table manners? Um, I think so. I think I do. My mom was a big table manners lady. Um, although I will say, actually, just last night, I noticed my elbow on the table while oh. I was eating. Where were you eating last night? I was eating at a restaurant that actually Eugene took us to for the very first time. Guys, this is a, it's really alarming that names of things just slip right out of my old brain it's an old kind of like french french restaurant in um in new york was it quite fancy to my credit i was sitting outside 
and it wasn't it's not a very dressy dressy french restaurant good yes i would have i would be mortified telling you i put my elbow on the table at a very fancy french restaurant okay yeah. is there anywhere else on the list whilst you're in new york doing promo that you've got to go to well there's this place called uh vanessa's dumplings in chinatown mm. Right. And wow. they, you can fill up your entire body with dumplings for probably $5 or less. Great. And wow. pan fried chive and pork dumplings, you just smother them in soy sauce and hot sauce, and they are wow. a true, oh, a true delight. Fat. Yeah. So, Annie, we, we're going to let you go in a sec, but what is your karaoke song? Oh, okay. Well,. I have an aspirational karaoke song, which is um, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Very lyric heavy, very rap yes. heavy. Um, I I tried it one time when I was incredibly drunk and it did not go well. So I haven't, I haven't tried to dust that off since. But the other day I was thinking, oh, it's... Guys, my, my, my old brain is a real sieve today. It's because it's because you're doing loads of promo and you're probably sick of the sound of your voice and you're probably like, just like, yes, I know. It's promo, it's promo brain. I've, I've started it. actually just gesturing, like the word goes out of my head and then I make some kind of gesture and Shots. just say, whatever I'm doing right now, can you just, and then the journalist usually fills in the word for me and that's been working really well. <laughs> <laughs> Are you absolutely exhausted or are you all right? I'm good. I'm good. It's so much fun. And, you know, it's like I'm sitting in a beautiful hotel in New York City overlooking the park. And I don't know when this is going to happen again. So I'm just trying to soak it all in as much oh, as Go and have a cocktail at the Carlisle. I think I might do that. That's my that. favorite place downstairs, the lovely Cosmo. I will tell you guys just... Just so you can envision this, I am about to go and meet up with one Sarah Levy, who plays Twyla. Oh, Twyla! Um, she's in town too, so we maybe will go and have a Cosmo at the Carlisle. Go, yeah. We'll, the snacks are great. Annie Murphy. We've loved having you, Annie. Thank you for giving us some time when I know promo so is mental. Busy. You look fabulous. We wish we could have give, uh, fed you. Next time you're in London, yeah, you come, come you dinner. let us know, and we'll take oh, you for a curry. I and good luck with effing Kevin. Thank you. Thank you guys so <laughs> much. Going I, to F Kevin. It was Lots a pleasure. Of love to you. Annie Murphy, right there. She was lovely. Darling, she's gorgeous. She's just such a sweet, lovely woman. I love the idea of her mum's contraption. Yeah, it's called a contraption rather than a concoction. Loved it. Um, big IPA drinker. I think she's, yeah, she, it's all in the name. I think she needs to go and start her own IPA brewery. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you, Annie Murphy. And thank you for listening. I hope you're all okay. And we'll see you next week. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 